Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Welcome. Today is Tuesday, June 2nd. My heart is heavy, as I'm sure it is for a lot of you, my beloved Americans. What a state we are in, huh? I don't get political on here because there is no business for that in what I am doing. But I think what a good thing to talk about is um, love and tolerance and doing our work. And why I say that is because I often see people coming from a place of advocacy or um, support to others when they haven't done their own work. And anything that stems from a violent anger or someone that has moved to violence because of anger and injustice is a really dangerous thing. It's um, in our program, we go into service usually right away, but we usually don't delve into doing um, some of the more grittier work or sponsoring someone until we've done our own work. That's why it's best to work with a sponsor that's done their own work. When I try and be an advocate for somebody or fight against something, I have to be very secure and grounded in how I have healed my wounds because a wound, a bruise is different than a scar. And when an old wound gets awakened, we're usually very reactive. And the most powerful place for us to operate from is a non-reactive place. It doesn't mean we're not angry. It doesn't mean we're not upset. But if I can't step into a situation without keeping myself grounded, I can do more harm than good. Um, Especially in the public eye, when you see people lose their minds or lose themselves for a minute, all of a sudden their organization or their personal morals, ethics, and belief come into question. So I think it's really our program does so much to heal us to be able to go forward and be of service to others because we examine our wounds through our inventory. We deflate our ego and inflate the presence and power of God in our lives. This is when we're most effective, not in just other people's lives, but in our own lives. I need a strong foundation because if the ground underneath me gets shaken and I don't have tools to know how to deal with it, I will go down. Furthermore, we never really know how other people are dealing with a situation or what they're contributing. And it is naive and silly for us to assume that we know what other people are doing. I have many friends who are activists And yet you would never know what they do with their spare time. They could be a scientist. They could be a stay-at-home mom. They can work for nonprofits. They can be therapists. But they don't go around broadcasting what they're doing to help others or to give back to society or enact change. You also don't know that some activists are prayer activists. And that is more my area of activism. I believe that prayer changes things. I believe in intercessory prayer, which is going to God on behalf of us um, in this time that we're experiencing around everything that's going on right now. The way my activism looks is I'm on my knees lamenting to God, apologizing to him for what we do to his creation, to his most beloved creation, which is humanity, what we do to each other. 
asking for forgiveness, lifting up victims, entire groups of people, individuals up to him, praying healing over people. If I've learned anything in this program, it's that prayer changes things. Why does a sponsee who not believe in God, who won't pray, when I'm praying for her every night on my knees, three days later all of a sudden start to come to believe? Why did my mentor, who should be dead right now, Why was he saved when we were all rallying around the clock with prayer schedules? Why is he still alive? Because prayer works. It doesn't always, but there is a lot of power in prayer. And because prayer is spiritual, we may never know, even though we think we don't see results, we don't really know what happens in the spiritual realm. It's called the fourth dimension in our program. You know, we are in the third dimension, but this fourth dimension, the spiritual realm, we don't know what's going on there. So while it may look like someone's not receiving results and they may not feel results, it doesn't mean something might be happening behind the scenes. So everybody's activism or everybody's contribution to society may look different. A lot of the living amends we make once we come into the program, for example, um, I had a single teenage pregnant mom fired from a job when I was a teenager because I blamed her for stealing when it was me. And I don't know where she is. I don't know her name. I don't know who she is. And part of my living amend was going and doing service work for women in shelters, single women, women with addictions. That was the way I made that slight right. I don't think anything can make that right. I still feel pretty bad about that. But we have ways of making things right and of doing things for other people that doesn't necessarily result in something being splashed on social media. And so because our program teaches teaches love and tolerance, it also teaches us to live and let live. Understanding, and I just did a podcast about this like a couple of days ago called Stay in Your Own Lane or My Lane is Better Than Your Lane. I think it's important that we feel empowered in the gifts that God specifically gave us to be empowered. God empowers us. We empower us. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but my church is deciding whether or not they're going complementarian, which would mean women can't preach there, or egalitarian, meaning they can. And one of my pastor friends um, commented how that that's really they don't like that because they find it disempowering. And I said, personally, the idea that anybody can disempower me is ridiculous. And I'm not talking about physical disempowering. Somebody can physically disempower me, but somebody cannot take away my personal power and belief in who I am and what I am called here to do, my identity and my self-esteem. If you read books by some of the most profound books I've ever read are by Jews that were held in concentration camps. Uh, Viktor Frankl is one of them. Um, Eli Wiesel is another one of them. Um, we look at, you know, stuff like the Diary of Anne Frank. We look at these people who were in situations, whether it was a time in Nazi Germany where they were not in a concentration camp or they were being hidden away somewhere um, or in a concentration camp. And some of these writers talking about the closest they have ever felt to God or the freedom of the human spirit and on a spiritual level knowing that we cannot be incarcerated. Some of the freest men I've ever met are men in prison. 
when I have gone in to do spiritual counseling or services for the men there and them talking about the state of mind and the closeness to God and how they have never felt freer because they refuse to believe that though they are physically in one place, they don't have to be mentally, emotionally, or spiritually in the same place. And I think I cannot say I have personal experience of being in those particular places. I know what it's like to be debilitated by chronic illness and to feel suicidal over physical suffering. I also know what it's like to be held hostage by mental health and emotional suffering. So physically, I don't know why I have been able to dodge bullets that way. I have never been physically um, harmed or threatened or isolated or any of those things. But what I can do is I can rest and put trust in the experience of people I know and people who have written about their experiences like that, that I can take with me and know that the human spirit is something that is bigger than we can ever imagine. There was um, a gentleman that came into our spiritual direction class at seminary that I'm going to, and he talked about being held a prisoner of war, and I won't tell you what was done to him, but I don't think I've ever heard more horrific things in my life. And he also said, I have never felt the presence of God more clearly, and that though he is free now and he's quite old and he's able to walk around the world, mind you, with a lot of physical deformities and issues because of what was done to him in these work camps, um, sometimes he longs for the spiritual experiences that he had when he was a prisoner of war. So as per usual, Melody Beattie's Language of Letting Go, I read the title for June 2nd and is called Owning Our Power. We don't have to give others so much power and ourselves so little. We don't have to give others so much credit and ourselves so little. In recovery from codependency, we learn there's a big difference between humility and discounting ourselves. When others act irresponsibly and attempt to blame their problems on us, we no longer feel guilty. We let them face their own consequences. When others talk nonsense, we don't question our own thinking. When others try to manipulate or exploit us, we know it's okay to feel anger and distrust and to say no to the plan. When others tell us that we want something we really don't want, or someone tells us that we don't want something that we really do want, we trust ourselves. When others tell us things we don't believe, we know it's okay to trust our instincts. We can even change our mind later. We don't have to give up our personal power to anyone, strangers, friends, spouses, children, authority figures, or those over whom we're in authority. People may have things to teach us. They may have more information than we have and may appear more confident or forceful than we feel. But we are equals. Our magic is not in them. Our magic, our light is in us. And it is as bright a light as theirs. We are not second-class citizens. By owning our power, we don't have to become aggressive or controlling. We don't have to discount others, but we don't discount ourselves either. Today, I will own my power with people. I will let myself know what I know, what feel what I feel, believe what I believe, and see what I see. I will be open to changing and learning from others and experience, but I will trust and validate myself too. 
I will stand in my own truth. Listen, folks, it's really hard to be perfect right now in society. Um, If we're not making a mistake in one area, we're making a mistake in another. Be kind to each other and be kind to ourselves. Almost all of us are doing the truly best that we can at the place that we're in and with the learning that we have learned. So be open to learning. That's all we can do. Say sorry when we make a mistake. We don't, like it says in our promises, as God's feet we stand, as God's people, we stand on our feet. We do not crawl before anyone. Don't um, underestimate your power. When you are in peace and you are in your power, there is nothing more powerful than you. So go in peace, go in light, go in grace. Know that I am praying for you. 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 Thank you for being with me, and I'll talk to you soon.